This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Hi, Captain. Hey, Miss Kevlar Prom Dressner and Miss Peggy. I'm not sure if you ladies saw, if you were able to see, but the promo was same great music of the autumn wind, but I had the Captain and Wenches sign up there, so that's all ours. I I want to I want to improve upon it, but I want to make sure that we at least had that as a as a baseline because again, this is. The ladies show, because this show doesn't run unless the wenches are here. Otherwise, it's just an, it's an old dude who, you know, talks too much. And I don't like doing that. Well, you don't talk too much, Captain. It's just you give us the kickoff and we run with the ball. Damn right. <laughs> That's Damn how right. it goes. <laughs> That's right. And see, even Rose knows. There she is. And Hi, Rose. There you go. And, and of course, Heidi's out there as well. And I, I just I want to give the kickoff. Okay, um, well, I'm, I, apparently it's not going on Northeast Streaming Sports tonight. So, well, it, it's it's their it's their fault. Well, it's because it, it's it's I had a problem with their uh, with their Facebook page. So, did you curse too much already? Already? No, Have he, you been banned? No, no, I, it was. Have uh, you been zucked? <laughs> 
Uh, I don't even want to go there. I know it. It's a terrible thing, but we'll miss all of our Northeast crowd tonight. And um, but I, Kevin, I, I just wanted to kick it off with what a wonderful feeling everybody had just as I they were sitting down for their Thanksgiving meal, watching the game. They could not believe what they were seeing for a little while. I mean, that was a whole new team out there. Yeah. The, mm -hmm. where, where, where were they for three weeks? Uh, you know my theory, uh, Heidi. I know you 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 gonna bring me back down to earth, <laughs> but something happened with Greg Olson in those four days between the Cincinnati game and the Cowboy game. They snuck into his house at night and body snatched him. That was not Greg Olson on the sidelines. I mean, I I can't say anything more. Three whole games. Absolutely. Of nothing. Of nothing. I mean, and in four days, we see an entirely different offense. What did we see, Heidi? We saw uh, trickery, misdirection. We saw uh, Derek Carr actually looking like Boomer Esiason as if he still had the ball, but the ball had already been handed off. Even the camera was fooled. I'm like, whoa, where did that come? We saw Derek Carr run for 22 yards with a whole bunch of field in front of them. He did not hesitate. And then we saw the deep passing game early. And the Cowboys got burned early. And they could never catch up. They did not catch up the entire game. What? Who was out there? What is it, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance kid? Who were those guys? Yeah, you got, you got can somebody movie. tell me. Yo, no, great. I, I love it. I love it when you can drop movie references. And I, like, <laughs> who were those guys? That's right. I mean, Heidi, maybe you can shed some insight because I'm going with the body snatch, the body I, snatch thing. <laughs> I, I don't know. I stole your theory and put that on our podcast this morning. I, I said it had to be uh, body snatchers, uh, Greg Olson and Derek Carr. Cause I mean, Derek Carr was reading exactly. his progressions and he was aggressive and uh, it, it was a completely different team. Now someone else reminded me of another theory because captain and Heidi, I'm looking for theories of what happened in those four days. We're only talking about four days, okay? What happened? And and someone passed me another theory about a visit <laughs> from the Godfather. <laughs> Limbs were going to be sawed off unless there was a definite change in their attitude and approach to the game. That's the only way you get guys to jump that high. Grown men to jump that fast and make that 180 degree turn. Help me out here. <laughs> hey, personally, I think Mark Davis uh, laid the gauntlet down. We're going to make you an offer you can't refuse. That's correct. I, I gave you the opening and you took it good, Captain. I was trying to get it in edgewise. I've been waiting 30 seconds to freaking do it. Oh, you have to. I mean, that's the new theory that, you know, they had a meeting, <laughs> a high level meeting. And but Heidi, 
you might be you might be right about Mark Davis that he wasn't going to put up with it anymore. But what was he to do? I mean, this was a team that basically had fell off a cliff. Now, I want to remind all of our friends out there, the Raiders aren't the only team that have fallen off a cliff in midseason. I mean, you look at the Rams, you look at Cleveland, you even look at Tampa Bay. Um, definitely a team like the Saints. I mean, you saw Seattle last night. I mean, it's shocking um, what's going on, how the balance, even for a while, the Bills, you know, skidded, were skidding on some ice. What, what's going on this season? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm clueless about this season, you know, and what's going on in the NFL, but we aren't the only team that fell off the cliff. Yeah. For sure, we're 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 definitely trying to get our identity together post Gruden. But what happened Thanksgiving Day was really really nice to see. It was magical. Mm -hmm. It really I, was. It, it was it was magical. I, I mean, the Raiders traditionally don't do that great on the Thanksgiving Day game in Dallas. No. And um, I mean, I, I have to admit, I was surprised. I was pleasantly surprised. I was very happy. Now, that doesn't change anything. Whenever the game starts, as a Raiders fan, I always expect us to win. I'm al I always have that feeling we're going to pull this out. Even mm -hmm. if in my head I'm saying, we're not going to do it. Uh, I still can't, I, I can't for shake that feeling that we're going to win. And I always have that hope throughout the game uh, until the, the final, until the final snap. Um, but for once, it seemed like the Raiders actually had that feeling too. <laughs> and they were like, we're, we're not going to take this anymore. We're not going to be falling off this cliff. And we are going to, uh, we, we are going to let the league know that we're back. Now, hopefully it's not a fluke. Hopefully it's something that sticks around. But it was very nice. It was magical to see. I I was so happy. I mean, it made my Thanksgiving wonderful. And I want to just start by just talking about the difference in game preparation, which is something that I've been hawking on all year long. Captain, I mean, the, our, our readiness for our opponents. I mean, does anybody watch any film? I, I I began to wonder that about the Raiders. I mean, is there somebody in the film room, or do they just go in there to eat popcorn and watch the latest stream from HBO Max? I I, I don't know what what's your feeling on the game preparation of the last three games versus Thursday. Well, actually, I'm I'm glad I'm I'm glad I got a chance to get a word in edgewise. So <laughs> thanks for thanks for throwing me something. Um, I am on record, and I think I said this the other night as well, and I have no problem saying it. I was on record the day of the game when I had an interview on Northeast Streaming Sports. Uh, there was the the, 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 the game, that the, or the was it the pregame? I was on with Jim Jeffcoat, and I was on with, uh, when I got to the hotel, I was on with, uh, with Ken Thompson and Violator, and I was on with another show 
I was on three times on three different shows. Mm-hmm. And they asked me, they said, what do you see? And I had no problem saying it. I said, the Raiders are going to get their asses whipped by at least 10 points. Mm-hmm. And, and, and again, I was wrong, but I defy anybody to tell me why I would have, or we should have expected what we saw from Jump Street on Thanksgiving because we hadn't seen that in three freaking weeks. We'd seen 16 points, 14 points, 13 points, and, and, and just a negative product of both offense and defense, lethargic with the players playing without heart. And I had no problem saying it. I said, I, uh, we're going to get our asses whooped. It's going to be at least by double digits. I was wrong. And I'm glad I was wrong, mm-hmm. but I still defy anybody to tell me, oh, well, you blew the call. Well, tell me why. Because Not- I didn't see anything. And then yeah. we went out and we did, we did what we did that game. And now here's the other thing as well. And I'm definitely throwing it to you, Peggy, when, 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 you, when Heidi gets her word in edgewise, is, is this. You live in D.C. And you know what that Washington football team, all of the folks around the area, what they are talking about and what their plans are. And that they are actually right now, if the, if the season was to end today, they're in the playoffs. Because they are the eight seed, or they're the seventh seed. Seventh. They're the seventh seed, but they're in the playoffs. Right now, if the season ended, we'd be one game out of the playoffs. And the only reason why we are where we are is because two of our four losses were to the NSC. And we have a better conference record than, than most of those other people. Which mm-hmm. still means that we need to take care of our business and win. Pretty much we need to win out. Maybe drop one, and I'm not saying we should drop one, but maybe at most drop one game. And if we win the games that I think we can win, we will be a playoff team. But still, it all goes right down to Turlet, as uh, Archie Bunker would say in the, in the 70s. You know, he doesn't call it a Turlet. It's a Turlet. It's going right down to Turlet if we go out and play the Washington football team on Sunday and re- and revert back to the way we played the three weeks prior to Thanksgiving. Well, Captain, I wanted to pick up on one of your things and go right to Heidi um, with this. I mean, you're saying that we can afford to drop one game. Uh, I think we have to win out, Heidi. I think that uh, playoffs can still be within reach if we do drop one game or even possibly two games. It depends on which ones they are, but they would require help. And you don't ever want to be in a position where you have to rely on help. And if you have to rely on help, you don't deserve to be there. That's my philosophy on it. But uh, we still have, the Raiders still have three division games coming up. uh, Broncos, Chiefs, and Chargers again. Mm -hmm. And winning those are very important. But we could even drop one of those and and still make it in as a wild card. I would prefer we just went one out and won the division. <laughs> and see, Captain was talking about the Redskins. <laughs> you know, I don't understand. Why no, 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 no. I did not. I, I, I mean, I almost I started laughing because that is a team that's nothing but paper mache. 
okay? You take you get get your big lighter out and just light a match, and that team goes up in flames. They don't have a quarterback. They don't have enough offensive weapons. They lost one of their one of the best linemen to injury. Um, I, I want to say Montez, but it's actually the other other uh, end they had. That's a team that's holding it together because they just have not been challenged with the kind of schedule that we have. They, their division opponents, I mean, who's scared of them? <laughs> I mean, really, I, I, I don't want to put, I don't want to mince words, just like you got, we were talking about the Giants. Last time we were on this show, we were talking about, the, I was taught, I remember saying, we better watch out, we better watch out, and sure enough, so anything can trip us up, but the Redskins, I think they met a Seattle Seahawks team that's ready for a coaching change. Now, I, you know, there comes a point in time where a coach loses a locker room, and I think that's what Seattle's going through right now. Yeah, been there forever and, and and actually what they said what the shelf life of a coach in the NFL before a team just stops hearing him is about four years yeah because and Pete Carroll's been there at least eight if not nine years okay yeah. Yeah. and and that's that's for true and they're good and and I agree with you as well Peggy I think there's going to be a coaching change there in Seattle I think also that there's going to be a quarterback change in Seattle. And uh, don't be surprised if young, and I use the air quotes with young Russell Wilson winds up in Denver if, or Garoppolo winds up in Denver or, and, 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 and don't, don't kill the messenger on this one for all of those that are waiting to get rid of the current Raiders quarterback. If young Derek Carr, winds up in Denver because Denver's going to take a look around. They're going to take a look around to see who the best available quarterback is because they, they know they can't draft for crap. Okay. And they're going to go take the best available free agent quarterback and install him in Denver. And yeah, but Carr isn't a free agent. He'd have to be traded and there's no way that they're going to trade him to a division opponent. If I'm, if I'm Carr's agent, you go to a stable franchise. You don't jump from dysfunction to dysfunction. You go to a franchise like Pittsburgh, okay? A team that has had stability in their coaching, a team that has traditionally uh, always finished in the top league, a very well-run organization. Derek does not want to go anywhere with the likes of a of a Dan Snyder or you know the dysfunction that's going on in in Seattle because there is if you talk to the Seattle fans you'll hear more on that you don't want to go to any of those friends you want to go to a stable well well organized franchise that has a good defense and i i think if Derek wants a complete change, he's not going to mess with anybody but Pittsburgh. But I, I, since we're talking about Derek, I wanted to to get people's feelings about this team being Derek Carr. 
where you actually have the moves, the 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 state of mind and everything where this guy is is us. I mean, I don't understand, you know, I'm 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 trying to understand what I'm still trying to understand in four days. But I'm think beginning to think that what happens to Derek happens to the Raiders. As and, Derek goes, the Raiders go. And when you have a guy like that, and now you're saying adios amigo, now what are you saying? You're 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 getting rid of your heart and soul. What are you saying? Are we talking complete rebuild? What are we talking about when we say adios, Derek? Well, see that that's the thing, and, and I I threw it out there because everybody is clamoring. They don't understand that Carr is a definitely he's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL statistically. Okay. He just hasn't gotten anything to show for it. And he is, uh, like you said, as Derek goes, the Raiders go. When he doesn't go, he don't go. The Raiders don't go. But there, there are people there saying, well, he's been with the team for eight years and we have nothing to show for it. And the people that were saying, why why would we say that he doesn't want to go anywhere? He wants to be a Raider for life. I tell you this, if the Raiders were to get rid of Derek Carr, and Heidi said he's still under contract, okay, but if you do a major rebuild, if you have that major rebuild, and it starts from president, they need to have a president put into place for the organization, and the president hires the head coach. The head coach brings in who he wants, okay? If you do things correctly. (laughs) Aren't you you forgetting a very important player, and that's the GM, Mayock, who I've also had. Wait a second, wait a second. The president hires the GM and hires the coach. Right. And that's why I'm saying, so if the president, if they do things correctly, and the they is the royal we they in the Raider organization, which has not done things per the book, because I remember when Al would say, okay, you're coming in as the head coach. You got the offense, the defense stays. And that's what Al would say to people. He said, you got the offense. I got the defense where it's supposed to be. Don't worry about it. You bring in all your offensive guys. These coaches stay. And that's been a Raiders uh, trait for years. I don't know whether that's going to happen now, but if you were if you were to run a franchise correctly, you let the president hire the GM, the GM hires the head coach, and all that goes with it. Will it happen? Remains to be seen because we're still waiting for a function to get into this dysfunctional organization. Heidi, I mean, I I, I wanted to hit it to you because. Uh, that's a good point that the captain is making about how the Raiders have been organized. Remember when you had a guy for 40 years that controlled the, that was the GM, the president, the owner. Okay. Suddenly he's gone, but he's been gone 10 years now. Okay. This was the time that 10 year gap in that 10 year gap, the Raiders have had a heck of a time trying to fill all the power vacuums left by Al Davis. For instance, two GMs, the first GM, zero GM experience, and then our second GM, zero GM experience. 
why are we not going out and hiring the GMs that have a resume? I mean, you start with with that. I mean, Heidi, what are you thinking on this in terms of the problem with the Raiders' dysfunctional, organizational dysfunction? Well, um, what is your opinion on the good old boys club then when it comes to GMs? You don't want to get started, but in oh, this no, case. no, we, we want you to get started. That's exactly But, but in this case, the first GM pick should have been a guy with some some mileage under his belt because what you had in 2012, what did you have? Three blind mice. You had a owner with zero experience, a GM with zero experience, a head coach with zero head coaching experience. And then you wonder why the wheels came off. Then you go out and continue to compound your error by hiring coaches that really don't fit your organization or you think they do, but they really don't. Meanwhile, you're, you're realizing that your first GM isn't working out. Then you go out and what do you do? You hire a second GM with zero GM experience. I think that's what the Raiders' main problem is. And Heidi, remember I said in the interview in January, that the GM's job is to make sure bad football decisions are not made. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you can't, if you don't have an experience, you don't even know it's a bad decision. And that's what our problem is. That dysfunction around Derek, what has he had? Five. This is his fifth offensive coordinator. Oh, encore from Olsen, right? Because <laughs> Olsen was his coordinator in 2014. So it's actually his fourth with one guy coming back twice. He's had, he's going to have coming up next year, his fourth head coach in eight years. Nice. Name, 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 name a Hall of Famer that had that much change. Name a guy who won any championships on any level with that much turmoil going on. I, what do you say? But then how do you get around your belief that it should not be a member of the good old boys club? It, you, you can't have both at the same time. You want that experience. It's going to be someone that's at least part of the club a little bit. At the GM level, I have less problems than at the head coaching level. We've had the good old boys at the head coaching level. Okay. We had Jack Del Rio. We had Gruden. You know, we've had good old boys at the coaching level, but I, at the GM level, you just you just got to have that organizational experience. I, I I don't know what what people have. And with respect to Mayock, all you people out there that want Mayock to walk the plank, think about Reggie McKenzie, only one draft pick, correctly, Cotty, left from seven years of drafting. I believe one, you're correct. And that is Derek Carr. That's it. Okay? So before you start throwing rocks at Mayock, the other thing is I'd like to see a draft where Mayock doesn't have Gruden staring over his shoulder, please. Can, can, we, can we at least see what he would do without Gruden over his shoulder? Okay, and that brings us to the president uh, position. There are a lot of people 
that are wanting Louis Riddick as the president. And I'm like, but he has no experience. There we go again. We don't know anything. Those years with Al really took us out of the loop, the knowledge loop. We just don't know who the good GMs, because we already had a good GM, Al Davis. So we never looked to see who was running those other organizations. There were some good GMs out there, some guys that know talent. Um, but again, there we go. Why, are we going to still hire people without any experience? I mean, are we a test pilot? <laughs> are we? Uh, well, and I, don't I, get me wrong. I like Lewis Riddick. I really do. <laughs> I, I mm-hmm. like him a lot. But the knock on McKinsey, the knock on Mayock, has been no experience. Zero. And to bring a president in, to bring a president in with no experience, um, not really any executive level experience that I that I know of in a team. Um, you know, are, are you just shooting yourself in the foot again? And see, ultimately, Mark's got to fix all that, Captain. You know the deal. Mark is the owner. I mean, I'm sorry he didn't have the football experience his dad had. I'm sorry his dad excluded him from a lot of how that franchise was run. But he, it's been 10 years. He's had enough time to figure it out. He has had enough time to get with some football savvy people and make this organization run correctly from oh, the top. Oh, okay, well, I'm I'm going to jump on that then because you said something about he one needs to get with some football savvy people. Mark Davis did it at least he did that the first time because he sat down with John Madden, he sat down with uh Ron Wolf and he sat down with a third gentleman whose name escapes me that all had football savvy knowledge experience and all of them to a man came out with Reggie McKenzie as your GM. So I just can't believe that. Okay. Well, but that was, that That was, that's the story though, right? Heidi, that's the story we're hearing. Oh, oh, uh, Ken Herrick. There you go. It was Ken Herrick. Okay. I'm, I'm sure, but they had to know Mark needed to have an experienced football hand to hold his hand through the first couple of years of his ownership. And Mark should have been savvy enough to know if I if I'm running a brand new franchise, I've never run a franchise before. I want a guy in who's run a franchise before. I'm not gonna hire somebody that that doesn't know anything about anything. That's just silly. Well, see, you actually and you also even said. We need a GM with experience. And, and I, I, I hate to throw it to you there, Peggy, but who is available just off the top of your head that has experience as a GM that's out there without a job? The, the only one that comes to mind is Mike Holmgren. Yeah, we don't, we don't want that kind of good old I, I, I'm, I'm just saying if, if if and i always say and i'm not harping on you just just to harp on you i'm just saying no, I understand. If, if you're if you're gonna give me a uh a a solution or if you're gonna say there's a problem give me a solution that's true 
and and I, and I and I did do my homework on the GMs, but I did it for 2020. I didn't do it for today. So I'm going to update that and I'm going to get back to you with that because absolutely the confusion, the chaos has been going on around Derek and you talking about now nine years. I mean, the guy hasn't even reached double digits and he's had five coordinators, a coordinator every other year. Yeah. Who can develop their game, their mentality, their psyche, their toughness, their heart? When you have that much change going on around you. And it's I like think changing teams every two years. <laughs> That's Heidi is so right. She's so right. Because how can you expect a guy to get comfortable, to get confidence, to settle in? That's what your problem with Derek Carr is. He's too emotionally into this. He's been allowed because of these changes and you know, every time he's having to look at a name game plan, new game plan, new game planner, new new way of doing things. Now Carr is emotionally involved, and the team is emotionally involved. Him, that's what happens. Uh, I'm putting the team on the couch now, <laughs> but that's what happens when you have that much instability. It's like a child. You keep running different parental figures in and out, in and out, in and out. After a while, that child becomes <laughs> quite dependent and quite unstable <laughs> mentally. It happens. And I think that's what you may be seeing with Derek. I mean, the fact that he let three games get away from him before he, you know, before he got his head together, three whole games. They went through an awful lot they did they really they did, did. They and did. i'm not using that as an excuse no. but i mean if my work site went through that <laughs> i i mean we would be running around like chickens with our heads cut off yeah we really was, would i mean it was, it was horrible it, it, it really was it was so so tough i mean to to right the ship but on the other hand, Derek's been dealing with trauma since the day he walked in here. What happened? Hi, Angria. Hi. What happened, Angria, the first year that Derek Card got here, 2004? Talk about, let's talk trauma. Okay? For that poor man. A young trauma. quarterback head. What happened well, the first, first year Derek Carr was here? Wait, whoa, Bob, wait, 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 wait a second. I gotta get I gotta get my, my sticky pad out because I know Andrew's gonna start dropping F bombs, so I need to hey! start writing <laughs> when she is, so I when I do the cut-ups, they're easier to find. Okay, Angry, I got it, babe. You go, hon. <laughs> well, what I was to Derek I was gonna start with year. they left his coach in in London, so you know that's kind of traumatic. That's <laughs> Eating fish and chips. <laughs> yeah, leaving for the fish is terrible. So um, and crumpets. I'm going to turn on a little bit of a light. There we go. Um, what else? Gosh. Well, they were 0-10. The poor man had to be thrown in to essentially. So, um, so that was fun. Let's see. What else did they have? They had a horrible defense. They had a terrible offense. 
I mean, you start out the worst possible way in the NFL. Brent Holsey was the offensive coordinator. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That was I mean, one of the um, scenes that I think we all forget. Um, but it's huge. Well, she's breaking out. Now. We're, are we getting we getting the Martians on our line now, dancing on the angry? Oh goodness! Yeah, yeah, you got you got some really bad lag, and and that's I that's do. Not, that's not, yeah, that's not a okay. Comment. Okay, by the way, okay, let I'm me gonna, let I'm me try to go off and go back on, and I'll I'll be right back. Okay. But but I, my point was that I, I really felt like Derek's been dealing with trauma ever since he arrived. I mean, the trauma of losing a head coach, well, had that happened, uh, first year he was here. Uh, you know, the, the what uh, Angry just said, going 0-11 on, on a skid, a, a losing streak of losing streaks. And Captain... No, no, they weren't. No, they weren't 0-11. They were no, over because no I, was, I was at the game when Kansas it was the, thir the Thursday night game against the city. I was there drenched was, like a rat. It was, <laughs> it, yeah. and we got rained on, but I left the stadium happy because we've beat Kansas City in Oakland. And thank God for Ju uh, Justin Tuck. Grabbing the other dude that was 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 a Khalil, it probably was Khalil or the other dude that was offside and called a timeout, or or uh, Alex Smith would have had a free free down, and who knows what would have happened after that. So I was at that game. Well, I mean, but 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 Heidi said it. I mean, that was pretty traumatic for a rookie quarterback who's getting thrown into the fire anyway, right? He doesn't get a chance like Patrick Mahomes to sit on the bench for a year and observe, right? Ladies, I mean. One of the biggest yeah. things that quarterbacks get to benefit from is someone teaching them. And this day and age, quarterbacks, most of them don't have that, you know, ability to sit behind a great quarterback or even a good quarterback like Alex Smith. Like you said, Patrick Mahomes got a chance to sit in that offense for a year before he had to actually step on the field and play like a big boy. And Aaron Rodgers, one of the greatest of all time, got to sat, sit behind Brett Favre, one of the greatest of all time. Tom Brady, one of the greatest of all time. Hey, 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 stop swearing on my man. <laughs> now, you didn't want well, to drop down your minute marker. Come on, she's 12. You have to sit behind Drew Bledsoe, okay? But, there. but I was I was going to say he got to sit behind Drew Bledsoe, who was a very accomplished quarterback. He was a very good quarterback. And right. um there's look at all of these guys. Look at let's go back in Raiders history. Uh Daryl LaMonica got to rear and bring up Kenny Stabler. The reason mm -hmm. that Kenny Stabler got the play is cuz Daryl LaMonica got the flu. So uh -huh. um you know, there's there's a history of this and you look at these great quarterbacks there are two things they all have in common one they got to sit behind a fantastic quarterback and two they got to have the same coach almost their entire career Thank that's you. a huge deal it, very an offensive coordinator as well yep. i mean it usually usually they might have lost him he became a head coach somewhere else but they didn't mm -hmm. lose him because he was a bum you know right. They would lose them because, but mostly the same. And I went and did my homework on this. I went to the top 10 throw, even Peyton Manning. 
in Indianapolis mm-hmm. had the same coordinator. Okay. Tom Barr, right? And, and I mean, we, we absolutely have to look at that in terms when people start talking about Derek Carr, I know they don't, they haven't done their homework. There's, there's, there's something to that, but I agree. We were just, we were talking about, you know, we were just talking about the Raiders organization. Yeah. And you know, the, the I don't, I don't think the Raiders have done him any favors, to be honest. No. I, not at all. No, so he's he would be doing good to get away from us, not the other way around. Right? He's talking about we need to get rid of him. We need to no. He needs to get away from us. Yeah. If he's gonna start winning some championships and start having some stability around him, he needs to get away from us because any young player that comes here, yeah, is gonna be subject to all this confusion. We have to hire a new head coach next year. Speaking yep. of which, Heidi, yes, come on. I know you've got some ideas about next year's head coach. Well, Uh-oh. I have always liked um, this gentleman. And I didn't realize he had domestic violence uh, charges in his background, but I did always like Eric the Enemy. Um, he's he's <laughs> he's a good coach, and. Um, you know, they would definitely have to investigate to find out what really did happen in his past. Um, see if there really is something to it. It appears that there is. And you if know, there is, I, I that's like something Eric, the Raiders don't want. Right. I like Eric Bieniemy, but I really think that Eric Bieniemy is more of, uh, of a byproduct of sitting with Andy Reid and kind of kind of getting the Andy Reid playbook in front of him and. You know, I, I think he's more of an Andy Reid product than he is all by himself. And mm-hmm. I, I'm not, I'm, and it, it, you also throw it in people. I keep telling people with Eric's problems. And I was in Colorado, by the way, when he was at University of Colorado, that's where his alma mater, that's where the information came up about his domestic violence issues. Now, if you're the Raiders, based upon history and, and with, uh, uh, Belinikoff's foundation, anybody that even has a hint of issues like that is immediately thrown out the door. Unfortunately, it's true. So it's- in light of that, um, like- with- Sorry, I had to mute, unmute myself. I would like to case in point that because Tom Cable is on our team. I, <laughs> I, 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 get, I, get, I get that. And he, he's actually the exception to the rule, but he came back uh-huh. later. Uh, you know, it's about who you know, but he would talk. Now, they had thrown Lincoln Riley's name, but unfortunately, he's no longer available. I, the bride, I do like the bride Kellen got Moore. <laughs> I do like Kellen Moore. Okay. I do like uh, Byron Leftwich. I would no, be interested to see I, what and, he has to say. And see, <laughs> I give you Byron Leftwich because who's his quarterback? Don't say his name because it's a swear word. <laughs> yeah, he was doing good before he came around. Yes. He was establishing himself. Mm-hmm. I still think that Byron Leftwich is more a product about he who shall remain nameless. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's why I give you the, I, and I, I like Byron Leftwich, but I want to see what he can do without said person underneath him playing quarterback, which is why I like Kellen Moore better because he's done it with Dak Prescott. And Cooper Rush and other people, 
he's thrown out there good products and good game planning with a decent quarterback and a, a an above average quarterback, and I like what he has. Whereas you have as your quarterback for you know uh, Byron Leftwich. I, I just I, I just I can't see that. I can't see that. I vote we kidnap Frank Reich and make him our coach. <laughs> That's I'm sorry, I haven't I, I haven't done any research into possible head coaches. So you guys just take it away. That's my only contribution. <laughs> it was a good one. <laughs> Heidi. Yeah. What about Rich Basaccia? Hmm. I am not sure that he is at the point where he can make in-game adjustments and really make decisions, manage the clock. You just do things that head coaches do. I really like him. You know, I like a lot of people. <laughs> you, you, you just see the good in people, and that's what I love I do. about you. <laughs> I, I do. I mean, I'm, I'm sarcastic uh, uh, and, and have a horrible, horrible dark oh, yeah. sense of humor. Don't get me but... wrong. She's a dick. <laughs> but but i really do like people and i do like um Bisaccia. i really do i just don't i'm just not sure about um him, him being head coaching material i uh, i'm glad that he's getting a chance and i would like to see what he does for the rest of the year but that is a toss-up for me um <laughs> right now i would say no but there's still uh, several games left in the season. So let's see what happens. So my question is, how much of Basaccia's issues are a function of just being kind of thrown into the fire, which is Gruden's offense, and having to deal with Greg Olson? Yeah, and, and But let, let's just put one more thing in here before we answer that question. Mm. The man has been a coach for 40 years, 30 of mm -hmm. them on the pro level. There's a reason he never got offered a head coaching job. Uh, now, I'm, uh, I'm just, uh, 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 he was, uh, he was in consideration. Well, he didn't take it. Thank you. I just, I, he I never, to, I when to, you're been, been doing something for that long and a leadership position comes along and you turn it down, that's something's like, wrong. Things that make you go, hmm. Yeah. Well, it's around the game too long not to have had an opportunity for crying out loud. Look at the bums they have given opportunities to. <laughs> <laughs> Think about that. I probably, I probably could applied and got a job there. I'm exactly. <laughs> looking at the resume for everybody in their last 10 years. Jesus. Did anybody um, got any other college? See, I don't know enough about college coaches. Captain Jack, can you either. help me at the college level? Because everybody's talking to Lincoln Riley, Lincoln Riley. Yeah, um, I, I actually, uh, and there was some talk about Lincoln Riley, and there was, it, it came into like, well, he would be considering the race. Actually, him leaving Oklahoma actually took me by surprise. Really? But not not as much as a surprise as, as, as uh, what's his no, uh, Kelly leaving Notre Dame for LSU. That one totally took me by surprise. But mm -hmm. if we are if we are going to talk college coaches, I would like to see Shaw from Stanford come in. Hmm. 
Impressed. David Shaw, David Shaw right now is the only college coach that I've even thought of that would be a good fit because he, he runs a pro style offense. He has ties with the Raiders anyway. Okay. And, but I think he's a damn good coach, period. Okay. So I, I could I could if you're gonna go college, I, I would say Shaw. Um Franklin, who's the coach at Penn State, would be a a decent hire, not a not a great hire, but he would be a decent hire. Uh, and he, and I don't know if he's going to last. I think I think that he was out of Penn State. If, if uh, people are already, if he hasn't been canned already, but uh, <laughs> you know, uh, maybe maybe Franklin from Penn State. And I know okay. that Jimmy Farrell said uh, that he sucks, but you know. Those are the only two guys that come to mind. And All right. Bobby Stoops went back to Oklahoma, so he's out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I don't know. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Franklin just re-signed. Okay, thank you, Tossie. Yeah. I, I haven't been keeping up on it. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, because, yeah, they're giving us – I mean, Mark's got a serious decision, and this time he can't mess up. He's had 10 years to – actually gain experience and knowledge to get himself, you know, a little click of people around him that know the game, know personnel that have been around for a while. And if he hasn't done that, he's that's on him. He hasn't done that. That's dereliction of duty. He is an owner. He has to hire people. <laughs> yeah, I know Adrian's starting laughing. But I mean, it's serious, it's serious dereliction. He has a duty to get uh, get that franchise organized underneath him and bring some football men in that know what they're doing and preferably not the mediocre a good old boys network crew. That's what I got to say. <laughs> I, I say we're gonna throw this out there, guys. I say we go with the good old girls network. You three handle it and bring me Dude, in. Dude, I was <laughs> just going to say that, Jack. I was just going to say, what about we we hire the first female head coach? Exactly. The, and the Raiders, we'll no one would be surprised, right? Except, you That's know, what we do. The Neanderthals <laughs> might have a little problem with that because we, we haven't put on pads and actually seen action. Like oh, yeah. half the NFL coaches. You know, most of the NFL coaches have totally played in the NFL, right? Right, yeah. You know, <laughs> and, and they were all, you know, guys that just stayed 10 years right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think that's going to be a question. Everybody's going to, Mark cannot mess this higher up. And he's got to figure out what he's going to do with Mayock. He absolutely has to do what he has to do with Mayock because – I just want Mayock to have a chance without Gruden second-guessing all his picks. Without I agree. Gruden sending him in a wish list and saying, yeah, you can have this guy, but you can't have this guy. I want to see what Mayock would have done if Gruden wasn't here. And I I have heard some stories. Captain Jack, you can help me out or Heidi. Haven't you heard some stories about well, Mayock wanted this guy, but Gruden made him pick this guy. Yeah, oh, I yeah. have. Yeah, I've heard things here and there about. Well, I'm sure Mayock wanted somebody else, but this was Gruden's guy. Well, okay, we get we can read between the lines there. 
or or Gruden didn't really want him, but Mayock said, and Gruden yeah. went along with it. But it was really. I Mayock. just think. I think knows. Mayock gave him the first two rounds and then said, "All right, I'm taking the rest correct. of this." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, that's what I was going to say because you notice that most of the better picks have been from rounds three on, lower Not rounds, yep. Yeah. And the ones that that's we exactly up on, the ones that we screwed up on overall. Okay, Josh Jacobs was a first round pick, but he he's he, he's played well, but he's been injury prone. But that's unfortunate. But Josh Jacobs has been the only first-round pick of late that was a Gruden pick because, remember, Miller was a Reggie pick. Josh Jacobs was the only first-round pick of late that's been productive from us, first or second round, that I can even think of. Okay. Well, well I got to throw a wrinkle in there because um, what since we've moved Alex Leatherwood into guard, I am yeah. pretty pleased about that. Yeah. I am really pleased about that. So I think in two years, we're going to see a left tackle and a right guard that are just holding down our entire offensive line. <laughs> and, and, and it was so funny. I don't know whether you guys missed it on, on, on Thursday's game. Leatherwood was doing a, a play where Josh Jacobs, you know, has learned, of course, to bounce outside now, right? When there's nothing up the middle. Leatherwood was in front of them hunting, hunting down people to block. It was so cute to see. And I said to myself, oh, Heidi is so, she she is so prescient to see this. She saw the future. I mean, Leatherwood was actually hunting down people to block. And he that's has what been I doing. Say. Yeah. He's been doing well, a great I job. Have, I didn't see that play. We're going to have to go back and rewatch that one because I, yeah, I missed yeah. that. I, I, I did. But, uh, it happened in the second quarter. I, I will have to say, quarter. I have to give uh, Andrea the, the credit on the moving to, to guard idea because when he was first drafted, um, we were um, at the restaurant watching the draft. And of course, I was like, who the heck is this guy? And I'm looking up and I'm seeing... You're right, Jean. <laughs> and I'm apparently seeing, her dog doesn't of, agree. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, whatever. Um, whatever. But I'm seeing, hey, this guy was a really successful guard. Right. Angria's idea was, well, maybe he's not coming in to be tackle. Maybe they're mm -hmm. bringing him in to be guard, or maybe they're going to give him a shot at being a tackle. But if that doesn't work out, that they are planning on moving him inside now of course the raiders story and the raiders side of everything was well we haven't had good guards so we needed to put our best you know first round draft pick back inside because we needed somebody that was good no, but that, the that, thing that, is he no, didn't that, do very good as a left tackle and he was a baby left tackle you can't blame him he had never played that position before but as far as moving him inside that was actually originally Angria's idea. Oh, well, well, thanks, I'm Heidi. Both credit for we'll take for, it <laughs> for the rate. For, and and wait a minute, not four five days later. That's exactly what it did. I said thank you for not breaking this young man's spirit and being smart enough to move him in before he got absolutely crushed. Yeah. By the you know that can happen to a young player when you're playing him out of position. You know, uh, anybody seen Cleveland? I mean, did, I did saw him once this game. He, he had I a did. great play. 
right. Didn't he get a flag? <laughs> no, that, well, he got. He, he had he a really good play. play. Yeah, he had a really good play. On the special teams, he made the tackle after the one yeah. guy tripped him up, and then Cleveland came in and 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 cleaned up the tackle and put him in inside the ten yard line. So he was like the second one down on kick coverage, which is great. Mm-hmm. But if you're the number four pick in the draft, <laughs> you're normally not playing special teams. Yeah, that one's that was kind of weird to me. But he's not obviously the number one pick on the on the depth chart, so. Throw him in. We got to get something out of him, right? Anybody got a clue what happened with that relationship? Because it seemed personal to me. I, I mean, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I can't believe that Cleveland was that bad. I, mean, I think it's developed into something personal. And I think Cleveland is just ready to get out. Yes. I, I think that he felt that he was not getting the support behind him. And he's just ready to start over with a clean slate somewhere and be able to, you know, maybe he's not going to prove his worth as a number four overall pick, but he can prove his worth as a very good player. And he's looking for the opportunity to do that. And he's not getting it at the Raiders. And he knows that. Yeah. Can we just also throw out a little thing here and say Raider Nation, you, you have to stop being such assholes to our players. Seriously. This Seriously. is what you, Year three for him, give him a break. He's not exactly been through the best of times. So, yeah, he was a damn good player. Damn good. He was a first-round player. And not many people dispute that. Everyone just complains that he was number four. Well, who cares what number he was? Mm -hmm. Tom Brady was 199. Who so gives a damn? Stop playing on my freaking show! <laughs> <laughs> And, 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 sorry, and, sorry, Jack. I'm sorry. And, 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 sorry. And Big Daddy Wilkinson was a number one pick as a defensive tackle. Total bust. Yeah. So I mean, there you go. You can, I mean, you can have anything can happen. You know, this thing men have dreamed up about. Oh, he's drafted too high. I mean, well, what was Tom Brady drafted too Who high? Cares? Was that Russ Wilson? Of my show? Uh, no, no. I mean, was Russ? We better Wilson? stop saying that. We we will skirt around the Tampa Bay issue, but I mean, I'm saying what Cleveland leaves. Okay, the end of it. It's a shame that the Raiders couldn't figure out a way. Oh, I agree. I, I agree. agree. Yeah. To integrate mm -hmm. this guy into their defense, Lord knows they need as much help as they can on that D line, which yeah. by the way was the only part of the team Thursday, if you guys will remember, that didn't really have a good performance. And I, in my article, I called it they had their 2020 costumes on <laughs> one, one sack, okay. Uh, 437 yards, 23 first downs, I and a whole rack of catches in front of people. Touchdown after, and they even gave up a special teams touchdown, which special teams to me is defense anyway. I mean, are we looking at a team that once again is reverting back to their old form? What's Gus Bradley been doing? I mean, if you want to say, I mean, what are you saying? Injuries? Are we really talking injuries? Or are we talking 
a deep, an average defensive coordinator who finally is realizing that it's, the job is harder than he thought it was. And uh, we're, I, I, we're too I late in the season to be blaming injuries for anything. We're just too late. Everybody's injured. It's We're at that point. You can't blame half of my team's injured anymore. Half of my team has COVID. I don't care. Every single team has the same problems right now. So, exactly. no, that's – yeah, I, I agree. I don't know what's going on. But that it didn't look like the same – team that the same defense that had been playing for the few weeks several weeks before that um i was really really disappointed yeah i mean what is their story i mean the cowboys basically gave them a break cd lamb and cooper (laughs) thank god i'm not to see cooper's scowling face but don't say that name either (laughs) (laughs) there it is of their leading receivers were out that should have given the defense a break yeah Mm -hmm. there's no excuse for that that much going on in the last four weeks the raiders defense has given up an average of 410 yards jesus in all and their skid continues and and, and i hope that stops him yeah yeah it 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 absolutely is something now guys i'm over my five minutes and i know this because my phone just blew up three times and (laughs) i really want to stay i'm hoping that that december i can get the second hour and we can actually start captain getting some folks on the phone and uh, get to talking to them ladies it always is a pleasure but I'll be seeing you soon. Goodbye, everybody. It's Bye. been wonderful. Bye. Bye, See ya. Bye. Bye. All right, ladies. So, uh, it's great. It's great. It's great having Peggy in there. And uh, I had to get with this. Uh, I, I got one of these bots. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry about the bot, but uh, you know. Uh, there, there's good, there's good thoughts here is that, you know, I, and, and, and I wanted to say a couple different things. First off, I don't, I don't care where Cleve Farrell was drafted either. There were three first round draft picks of on that Clemson D line. Okay. Mm-hmm. Three of them. And the, and the fourth one went in like round two. So that entire defensive line that Clemson, that Clemson had was drafted high and Cleve is a very good cog, you know, People just overstate that he was drafted at four. And I get it. And I still like what he has done for the team. And I would hate to see him go. I don't think he's going to go because he's got a $10 million cap hit for next year. So I think that he's going to stay because nobody really wants to pay him based upon what he's done so far mm-hmm. at $10 million per. So he's going to be on the team next year. So there, there's that. The other thing about um, Leatherwood, and Richie Richie said it as well, is that he was drafted as a tackle. He was projected by everybody and their grandmother to be a guard, which he's playing well. So mm-hmm. if you're going to draft him as a tackle, it would have been better for him to actually play as a tackle. And I agree that uh, uh, Denzel Good providing he comes back from his injury will be that right tackle because Denzel good would play a hell of years 
last year and was a fantastic tackle. So we don't necessarily need to go out and draft a tackle if Denzel comes back from his injury. I like that. Good and Leatherwood on the right side. We yeah. definitely need to address left guard because I don't know if Simpson's there yet. And and he's, he's been not, there, he's he's not, been there for no. a couple of years and he still hasn't really shown me enough. So we definitely need a left guard. So that's something that we would need. And depending upon James's the rest of the season, and they gave him a big contract, I don't know whether he's going to be around as well. But you go back to what we had at the beginning of the show with a president to be hired. And by the way, for those that are saying Amy Trask is president, I would love to see that. There's a problem She's with that. She's not going to do it. She, yeah. she doesn't like Mark Davis. Thank She'll never you. come back to the Raiders. Thank you. Nope. Thank you for, for saying my, my next comment. She's not coming to the Raiders because of Mark Davis. She will never come back to the organization because of Mark Davis. It's a pipe dream. You get rid of Mark Davis, though, then. Maybe she'll problem. buy it. <gasps> Maybe we could get her to buy it. <laughs> right. But uh, just so push that, Mark I mean, Davis out. I, if if we can, if we can get folks that are that are that come in, I'll, I'll give five bucks and be be a part owner. Okay, as long as I get my five bucks worth of ownership. And, hey, and, it works and, for the Packers. Right. It works in Green Bay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, so why not? not playing or is not coming back. So we can say goodbye to Richie Incognito. There will be a change yeah. at left guard. Okay. And like I said, it all comes back to from president to GM to coach to quarterback. Who's going to be on this team next year? We're all postulating, and we haven't made those big decisions yet. Because, A, we don't know what we're doing this year yet. And it'll go right down to Turlet if we don't win this Sunday. It's gonna, it'll be, you'll have a big, loud flush, and, the, and the, uh, the, the Death Star will look like a toilet bowl because that will be the Raiders season going right down the toilet if you lose Sunday. Okay, just the way it is. And, Unfortunately, uh, yeah, yeah, he's right. Now the and the and the weird thing about that is, is that it would have been a third loss to an NSC team, which doesn't, which is is probably not as bad as losing to an AFC team, but it'll just probably take all the all the wind out of the sails. Pun is intended here for the Raiders galleon out of that team. You win, things go on with that. You go I and I really think that the Raiders can go into Kansas City and beat Kansas City. I really do. The way that I they agree. played the way that they played against the Cowboys, they can go into Kansas City and win. Okay? But by the same token, if the and this is for Richie Richey, if the Broncos play the way that they played the other day and come in on Christmas, they could beat the Raiders the way that they played. So it's it, six of the one, half dozen the other. The Raiders need to play at their top. They need to continue that train going through, and we will see what happens. That That's just the way it is. So I want to say two things to that. I want to – okay, so remind me what you just said in just a, about two minutes. 
Yes, but Richard okay. J said um, he made a comment before Peggy left about a scheme and how important scheme is. And did we draft for the scheme or did we have the scheme implemented and then we plugged people in? It was both. It yeah. was really both on this defense. That's um, there's no question about that. Um, so it is what it is. It's, you know, six to one, uh, whatever. Um, so, I mean, you, that's kind of the way, isn't that the way that it always works though? I mean, you, you plug people into your scheme, um, unless you're a quarterback, you, you don't really build around the person you build around the team. Um, but, uh, now what were you just saying? Oh, teams. Yes. Um, Heidi and I were having an interesting discussion the other day about, the level of play in NFC versus AFC. And um, the ultimate determination was this is the first time in quite a while that the AFC has reached the level of competition and the level of parity that it has right now. Um, my dad made a comment that uh, at Thanksgiving, because that's what you talk about at Thanksgiving is football. Um, my dad made a comment that whoever plays, um, of course, Richie's arguing with me now. It's I, that's not what I was saying, Richie. But I'll get back to that in a minute. Um, my my dad made a comment about whoever goes to the Super Bowl, the NFC team's going to win because they're so much better. Well, I don't agree that they're so much better. I agree that their best is better than the AFC's best. But it's and it's any given Sunday. Now, once you get out of that top level, their their next level, it bottoms. You look at people like the Cowboys, which are the greatest in the NFC least. You look at people like the Vikings are better than their record, but they're still not a great team. Um, you know, they're still not the team that is going to beat the the bills or, or whoever, you know, you, um, we thought the AFC West or the NFC West was going to be such a bombshell division. Well, they're not looking like it anymore. Um, Seahawks again, it's any given Sunday. You don't know what's going to happen. The Seahawks lost Russell Wilson and they, they lost their spirit. They have no ability to win anything right now. And Russell's um, back, but it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He's yeah. It's, it's not making any difference whatsoever. And, um, so that that's a discussion that I thought would be fun to have. And I, I think we should have it with Peggy at some point. But um, that was something that I I don't think people are, are really looking at the competition level of each. There are teams in the one thing that you, that you like to see in the NFL is this sounds really terrible, but low records, because the lower the record, the closer you get to 500, the more competition you're seeing every single week and the more back and forth play you're seeing every single week. I beat, you know, I beat the Ravens, the Ravens beat the Steelers. We beat the Steelers, the Steelers beat the, the Lions, the Lions beat us. So, hey, we're all round robining it. And that's what I want to see in an NFL league where this is just so uh, money has become so much more important than play. Um, so I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, agreed. Uh, and, and again, uh, the NFC for the last survey and, and Jack, I'm going to get to your comment in a second as well. And yeah, we'll answer. get to that, Jack. Uh, I'll, I'll get to that too. <laughs> yeah. 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 We, That's we, a big we'll, answer. We'll, we'll all address it because we, we know things, but the, the, the level of play in the NFC for at least the last decade, if not longer, aside from a team from new England, Okay, 
aside from a team from New England that cheated their way to several championships, and then when they didn't need to cheat, won anyway. But it was great when the Giants and the Eagles beat them. I, I just I orgasmically rushed, you know, when, when they lose that way, okay? See the, the smile part, on my face. Yeah, for the most part, the NFC teams have, for the last decade, like I said, 15 years, the quality and caliber of teams in the NFC has been better than the AFC. And I know you ladies agree with that because it's true. It's true. But, uh, yeah, but this year I see that there is actually, there's more fire, piss, and vinegar in a bunch of the AFC teams to include the Raiders, okay, to include the Bills, okay, to include the even the Bengals. There, there's, there's a fire. There's a running game. There's a camaraderie and a team building in the AFC teams this year where it's not necessarily going to be that they're going to get kicked by whoever wins in the NFC. Okay, it used to be, well, whoever wins the NFC Championship game is going to win the Super Bowl. Not this year. It's not a given. Yeah, unless it was against TB. <laughs> I won't say his name because I don't want to be bleeped again. <laughs> but, yeah, that's pretty much the end of it. I mean, if it was against him, then yeah, he's probably going to win. But um, otherwise, NFC teams are always going to be the ones. Okay. Now, did you want to did you want to take the Amy Trask question? Because I'll let you ladies start, and if you, if there's something that you miss, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll take it. it. Go ahead, Heidi. Go ahead. I'll take it. Now, Amy Trask is very beloved by Raiders fans. There is no doubt about that. However, there is a lot of bad blood between her and Mark Davis, and her and the rest of the Raiders. She will never return to the Raiders, and part of that bad blood comes from how Mark realized she was letting Al go too far when mentally he was compromised. And she, in Mark's opinion, and this is just, you know, what I've heard, in Mark's opinion, he let, she let Al be taken advantage of and took advantage of him. And Mark Davis, once Al was gone, saw that and got rid of her as quickly as he could because he realized, I'm in charge now and I can clean up this stuff. They did take advantage of Al and I'm not going to stand for that. Now, that is the story behind the story. You're not going to be able to find that written anywhere. But that is um, that is a big part of it. Now there, there's more to it. So I will let them. Um, I will let Jack and Angria uh, add their thoughts. But to my understanding, that is uh, the reason why Amy will never be back. Okay, Angria, you go next, uh, and I'll clean up. Um, I think another big part of it is. Um, on that, on Mark Davis's side, that is what was the, the assumption, right? And on Amy Trask's side, 
the assumption was that, um, I mean, that's hurt feelings right there. That's, that's a big accusation to get to right. lob at somebody. And whether your intentions are good or not, whether you're coming from a place of, I love my dad and you're taking advantage of him, or if you're not, you know, regardless of that, you know, that's, that's a lot of hurt and anger to be, you know, to be placed on someone. Um, given the fact that Amy was with him for so long, it's hard to really see that she was taking advantage of him, but there's also the, the side of the coin where she thought he was doing the same to his dad. Um, Mark's never been the, <laughs> that's the most diplomatic way to put this. He's never been the apple of his father's eye. Um, he never was. <laughs> Yeah. So him taking over after Al died was was probably the nail in the coffin for just about everybody who loved and worked with Al for a really long time. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll take that and run with it as well. Uh, a little I think a lot of it is Amy Trask loves the Raiders. Of the Al Davis ilk, because Al Davis respected Amy Trask so much that he elevated her to the position that she she had also amy was trying to work with all of the politicians in oakland to know to no fruition because they they i don't even want to get into that thing but they actually tried to do things and she worked with the Ra she was working in the raiders she worked in the organization and al davis trusted her i think it was more of a long line that they were a very symbiotic in what Al wanted and what Amy wanted. And when Al left and when Al died, and, and, and it comes to the point where Al Davis deliberately had Mark Davis not do anything in the organization because, drumroll please, all Mark wanted to do was put cocaine up his nose and hang out with hookers at Hooters and P.F. Chang's. And that is the truth. And I'll probably get fried for that, but that's the way it is. Mark Davis was a cokehead from L.A. that had nothing else going on. He has no football knowledge, and he does not love the organization like his dad did. And that's why Al Davis kind of pushed him aside. And really, unfortunately, when Al died, there was really no clear way of, of having this organization run effectively because he didn't really think that far ahead. He probably thought that Amy would take it, but Mark Davis – saw that relationship that he had that he, that Mr. Davis had with with Amy and got rid of her as quickly as possible. So that is true. Al uh, Amy Trask will not come back to the Raiders as long as Mark Davis is involved with that team. That is true. You get rid of Mark Davis and if somebody wants a, a Amy to come back, I really think that she would come back, but it would be without Mark Davis. And that's that between all three of our thoughts yeah, there might have been a little bit of she took advantage of that. I, I don't. I really don't see it as much as the fact is that they worked well together, and that it was it was shattered when Al died. Okay, there might have been a portion where uh, she let because out of respect for Mister Davis, she kind of let him go a little bit too far. I can see that. So there's between all of what all three of us have said, there will never be an Amy Trask siding with the Raiders, providing that Mark Davis is a part of the team. And that's true. And that's the story you will not hear in a book or in an article or anything. That's, 
those are stories from inside that have leaked out and um you know there there's no confirmation of it but i've heard enough of that that i i believe there there's definitely some truth behind that yeah so between okay, I switched the three to my mic. can you guys hear me yeah yeah we hear you so okay. i hope this one answers sure. your, I, I hopefully it answers your question jack i'd love to have amy crass back i would yeah and she is she is loved by the nation and she she loves the nation it's just that relationship is is it's sourdough. broken. Yeah. Yeah. And and it will never come back. Can and, I just um, um I would just like to have a little point of bragging here. Um, okay. One of my followers on Twitter a couple of weeks ago made a comment. He, he tweeted, I just want to know, does Amy Trask follow Angria Trask? And I said, the answer is no. And I did a cool gift because that's what I do is gifts. And then she came on and she did the little eye thing. And then she followed me. <laughs> Congratulations. I'm so excited. I know I'm a nerd. Sorry. I geek out about oh, stupid stuff. That's great. Hey, one year, my Christmas present to me was Amy Trask um, saying and hi to me. That, that, that's that awesome. was that There's was my Christmas present to myself. She acknowledged me once. I think that did make my day. I still want her to sign her book. She's me. acknowledged me several times, which is really cool. She's like, I don't know if it's because we have the same last name. And I'm like, I have this last name because somebody gave it to me because of you, but that's okay. Uh, <laughs> that's my, that's my Raiders name. Um, but uh, I, I, I bet you if you tweet at her or something, she'd, she'd, uh, she'd say something back. Like you want to sign, you want her to sign your book. Find out where yeah. she's at. <laughs> Yeah, she's in, she's in New York and she's busy, and I, I'm still working on that. And Jack, like I said, Mark Davis and his drug problems in LA is no. It's no. Yeah. That's what that's one of the main reasons why Al had wanted to have nothing to do with his son, because all he wanted to do was to get coked up with with the and that's why, you know, Mark was was kind of close with, with Marcus Allen and a couple of the other other players like that. He had that nice relationship with the players, but all Mark Davis wanted to do was, was get get coked up and hang out with the players. He, he really didn't want the responsibilities of being a team ownership person. And you know, if the if they come back at me for slander, I I'll just I'll plead the fifth on that. I have that on very good information from people that feed me things that are not lies. It's the truth. Well, if it's if it's slander, it it has to be untrue and they have to be able to prove it's not true in a court right. of law. Yeah. So, I know that on very good authority too. Go just ahead. But so I hope we answered your questions there Jack. And by the way, if you want to talk to if you want to talk to the wenches, get into the comments section and when like cuz I know uh, Angry was talking about Richie Riche. I'm not sure if, if he's still here, but yeah, Angry and Richie Riche will go back. Will 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 go at it in a good way. In a good way. Hey, it's but fun. It's I like. I really like debating with him. He's a very cool. smart man. He puts yeah, perspectives. That's, that's we both have, have different ends of it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I have him on the show all the time. Um, if you want, if you want to talk with the ladies, and I can't wait until Peggy can come in. Uh, full time so uh like i said hit up in the comments section oh richie Riche is there good to go if you want to come at uh what do you want you want richie to to pop in there uh ladies or 
Yeah, it's up to him. Okay, I'm, I'm, putting up, I'm putting up the link, okay? I'm putting up the link on all of the, the counts. Richie, you are you are cordially invited. Anybody else that wants to come in, uh, I'll hit it up in the comments section, like I said, and the ladies will decide whether you're coming in. The invite right now is for Richie Riche, so he can come in at any time. And uh, again, uh, I, we appreciate you doing that. Uh, this is... This is the Captain and Wench's show. This is the this is the ladies showing you their knowledge and why this is a very popular show and that why we want more ladies to come on for sure. Yeah, um, and if Anna Diaz is still there, um, I know that she asked for permission to come aboard. Yeah, um, well, I would well, love for her to come on uh, later. Yeah, yeah Anna, Anna was on the show the other night. And uh, it, it was good to see here. Um, and, and, and one thing that I'll let you ladies do, and by the way, Richie, I'll bring you on in like just a couple seconds, is like Peggy was doing, the, 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 the assignment is possible GMs, possible presidents, and possible head coaches. Okay? Sight unseen. Be, doesn't really need about the, the rest of the season, notwithstanding, you know, I really think even if the Raiders go to the playoffs, there's going to be a new head coach there uh, because I don't see Rich being the head coach. The question will be who will come in and will he retain Gus Brad or will he retain Gus Bradley? Unless you ladies are the head coach. That's the only reason why I said he, okay. Will they, will, will he retain Gus Bradley? And I'm, I'm going to take this comment down. And uh, oh, he's almost ready. Oh, was that your belly button that I was looking at, Richie or Jay? I don't know what the hell it was. Are you ready? <laughs> he, he looks. Can I just, um, while we're waiting for him, I want to say, cool, Kev. Uh, that is the best comment about Mark Davis I've ever seen. That is true. That oh my god! Can I please? <laughs> what is you know that man has had a naked Asian on his face at some point. <laughs> Okay, I, I I think I finally got rid of the bot. I'm I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I, oh no, I I see you have not naked HD XYZ. Hey, I'm waiting on you. Hey baby. Plus hey yeah. baby. Okay. How are you doing? I, I I think I got them. Hey Richie. We're doing Go great. Ahead. We're reading the porn in the comment section. It's fun. Well, that's always interesting. It's great. I'm trying to block the user. There you go. Okay, so hopefully it, they're gone now. Okay, good, 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 good. Go ahead. What's up, Richie? Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you? You're always so calm, like the polar opposite of me. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I get that a lot, actually. <laughs> well, weed yeah, is I'm, legal I'm, in Colorado, so I'm, I'm not in Colorado. I'm in Canada. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot you're a Canuck. Yeah. Uh, hence the beard. Um, yeah. Yeah. We've had over two feet of snow in the last uh, about five days. We had, was it a foot and a half over the week before Thanksgiving? And then it just got freezing. We yeah, are having a heat over, wave. It was over 20 over inches. Yeah. Um, it, it's snowing we, now, we though. Had zero. 
and then we zero and we bottomed out and then thanksgiving we had what 17 degrees or something and then uh it went back now we're we're comfortably in the teens so <laughs> yeah anything in i guess 30 anything above 30 degrees fahrenheit is shorts weather for me yeah Sounds likewise right. yeah yeah we yeah. were thinking about breaking out the bikinis the other day it was almost 20. <laughs> Ah, uh, the life in the north. And no, Jack, that is not a swear word. Only if no. he thinks it's a, it's a curse. Yeah, I, I, Rich, I, I was gonna say she she called you a Canuck, and that that's the only reason why I said that. <laughs> and exactly. Okay. Okay. I don't know anything. Go ahead. Go ahead. So what? How are things going with you guys? Good, going good. I got we my COVID out of the about... way for the year. Yeah, <laughs> happy, so did as, I. happy as a clam. He, you were talking about drafting for scheme, though. Yes, it was. And um, Agria was saying that both had been done. They installed this scheme for the players, and they drafted the scheme. And like you were saying, that that's not the way it works. Yeah, right? you can't do both. But we did both. You can't do both. <laughs> so. <laughs> so we got a brand new defensive coordinator this year, Gus Bradley. So he had to come in and install his his defense. Mm -hmm. And his scheme is wildly different than any of the other polished turds we've had over the last 15 years. Um, and what we had was what he worked with. And then if you notice... Um, our defensive rookies, well, there's what, one that we play regularly? <laughs> they drafted what we needed, which was a safety. Two. We, Nate Hobbs. Yeah, we played you. Hobbs no, and, and Marig. No, Marig, Marig plays regularly. He was drafted. Hobbs. Oh, that's right. Rookie. Okay. Hobbs was a free agent pickup who's a rookie that's probably the best nickel corner in the NFL. Okay, see, this is I didn't even watch the draft this year. I, I watched like the first round and that was it. So you know I'm usually on this stuff, Jack, but it's been a weird year. Um but anyway, so yeah, we we drafted um Morig Merig, I guess it is Merig, isn't it? Um, he was drafted. Yeah, and he is he hey, so technically I was right. We only play our one rookie draft one drafted rookie. <laughs> okay. yeah, I, I forgot Hobbs was like a fourth round pick out of uh Indiana. Or Illinois, one of those schools over there, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I can't remember. I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna take your word for it. Anyways, um, so that's that's what we've done. So technically it is it is what we did. Um we plugged holes. He he put his defense in play. Um he's got he's got the players he's got, and um his big thing this year was free agency. He had to go out and kill free agency and he did, and he did a great job at that. Um, but ultimately it was brand new. Um, so it's not like we could, you know, walk in on, uh, with somebody, uh, whoever that crap head was from last year and <laughs> we didn't draft well with him either. Um, uh, I don't know. So yeah, it, it, to Heidi's point, we, we did. We did that because <laughs> Raiders do things that nobody else does. That's just how we roll. 
Right. But the, the question is, so for example, what is your defensive coordinator's scheme? Is he 4-3, three, 3-4? Three, um, what style linebackers is he looking for? Is he looking for um, the more traditional style middle linebackers where you end up with uh, the center linebacker and then the the two outside linebackers? Like, what is your scheme? And then you need to draft accordingly. So, for example, if you look at the Vic Fangio scheme, um, it's a hybrid 4-3, four, 3-4 three, three, four kind of mixed mm-hmm. scheme uh, in terms of mixed coverages. Um, and, I mean, not to toot the Broncos horn, so to speak, but there's about three or four other teams that have since copied Vic Fangio's scheme just because of the success that they've seen with the red zone defense in particular. I mean, from a defensive scheme perspective, it's it's rather remarkable how successful uh, his scheme has been uh, thus far in the NFL and um, in keeping even some of the more powerful offenses at bay. So when you look at um, e- even the, the Rams, uh, for example, which is a 4-3 as opposed to a 3-4, whereas Fangio typically runs a 3-4, but it's more of that hybrid style. You're, you're looking for specific style of players. You're looking for um, uh, mobile linebackers. So guys like Danny Trevathan, which we used to have on the Broncos, who then moved to Chicago. There's a reason why Fangio targeted him in free agency. Um, you then end up with uh, bigger nose tackles and defensive tackles that can kind of uh, run stuff and, and stop the interior, command double teams, etc. So th- the key thing is 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 drafting for the scheme in which you're running, or to your point, which I, I don't disagree with at all, by the way, which is if you can't draft accordingly, then you need to then bring in free agents to fill those gaps and then maybe draft guys in behind them, maybe even the following year. So, so the big question, and largely my point in the chat is um, – you're basically going to see a defensive drop off if you make a scheme change and then don't have the players on your roster in order to fit the scheme. So um, I have to say your interior defensive line um, with the exception of maybe your nose tackle slash defensive tackle. Um, good job. <laughs> High five. <laughs> um, you know, um, you is know, that sarcasm? I, no, I, I'm being dead serious. No, 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 he means that. Oh, no, no, I'm being, I'm being dead serious. Okay. Like, well, like, like, like I, like, I'm, I'm, in no way, shape, or form belittling. I'm, I'm being dead serious and and straight up. Like your interior defensive line, with the exception of your nose tackle slash defensive tackle, um, deserves a lot of credit. And and rightfully so. I have I have a really special place in my heart for Jonathan Hankins. He's our nose tackle. Most people don't even know what a nose tackle is these days, by the way. So thank you for using that term. Um, I say it all the time, and people are like, "What? The defensive tackle?" I'm like, "Oh my god, go away!" No nose tackle. Um, It's a different. Yeah, it is a nose tackle. It's different. (laughs) He lines up over the ball. Um, Anyways, um, so. I, I, but yeah, I think what they've done is, is they, they saw what they had on hand and they saw what they had to work with. And, and Gus Bradley said, okay, well, I've got these guys. I can plug them into the scheme that I think I like. He is one of the architects of, of uh, the Legion of Boom. So that's kind of some of his history. Um, he went out and got KJ Wright, who was a member of the Legion of Boom. <laughs> so we'll go with that. Um, but he, he, free agency was huge. And looking at now, I, I don't know about you guys. I think Gus Bradley is more of a, a four-three kind of. He'll he'll do the 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 um, he, he does a four-three-three-four hybrid thing. But a lot of a lot of the thing that he had to draft for was going to have to be um, run stop, because he got pass rushers galore, and so he had to find some guys that had to do some run stopping. But I think he's done a pretty good job. Um, 
of getting some well-rounded players that can do that. And like we were talking about Cleef Farrell earlier, he's a guy they're not using. They're not using him enough. They're not using him where they should. And I understand why they're not using him where they should, because they have um, Yannick Ngakwe and they have Max Crosby and they have Solomon Thomas and they have, you know, um, uh, well, not anymore. Darius Phylon's out, but um, they, they haven't been able to really find a home for him um, because he's not quite at the level of the place, the people that they have plugged into those spots, but he really could be a huge, huge benefit in the run game um, and run defense. So um, I don't know if any of that made sense. I, I was just rambling. Um, so, so you blended outside linebackers, defensive ends, and <laughs> kind of blended them together, right? So when you're looking sort at those of, yeah, players, I, eh. when you're, yeah. Well, and Gakwe is kind of a DN slash outside linebacker, right? Um, yeah. And then, and then you end up with uh, the the other gentleman. I can't remember his name, but I, I do know generally what position he plays. Um, <laughs> your your draft pick you guys were talking about earlier. Um, but when you look at the rotational guys, like that that's a that's a defensive coordinator issue, like in terms of not rotating them in 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 just mm-hmm. kind of developing that pl- particular player. Now, there's yep. also potential that that player just simply doesn't fit the style of play that your defensive coordinator wants to play. And and that kind of falls upon, well, for, for, for the Raiders, effectively, that, that falls upon John Gruden. So John Gruden was the 51 percentile in terms of who you drafted and, and, and where you drafted. And and ultimately, the question that becomes, was that, was that a Mayock pick or was that a Gruden pick? And if that was a Gruden pick, then I would argue that that was a poor pick for your team. Because when you pick a guy that high, you want him to fit in what your eventual long-term goal is at the defensive at the defensive scheme and, and kind of what you're going for. Um, and, and I'm not even just solely picking on the Raiders, actually. Uh, no, look, that's across the if, board. If I, if, I, if I look at the Denver Broncos, and I'm I'm happy to just slam my own team um, <laughs> equally equally in in, in this. Um, if I look at uh, at our team, um, you look at a guy like Draymond Jones, for example, who's better suited for a four three defense rather than a three four. Fangio runs a three four. Draymond Jones simply does not fit particularly well into a Fangio defense uh, at all. Actually, he. he he is getting bullied often on the on the defensive line of the defensive Bronco uh, for the Denver Broncos, and frankly, we could have done better with other picks, in my opinion, at that position. Someone who is maybe more commanding of double teams, someone who is um, more aggressive on the interior of the defensive line for a three-four defense, um, like a Vic Fangio typically likes to run. So, trust me when I say I, I'm 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 an equal opportunist when it comes to this stuff. I, I, am st- <laughs> I, I don't I don't necessarily only and solely pick on. Uh, my divisional opponents. Um, but uh, when you look back at the Denver Broncos, when we had say Malik Reed and uh, Derek Wolf on our defensive line together on this, on the same line, those guys were monsters together. Yeah, um, they truly were like, like they were vicious. I, I was and, afraid and, of that. Wolf. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, like, it, it, like they were, they were absolutely vicious and Malik uh, Jackson was uh, very much underrated overall uh, in terms of, his ability to um, get into the to the you know at the quarterback and and through the interior of the of the offensive line of opponents, and I know the Raiders didn't have a, a whole ton of fun with him um, <laughs> because yeah. he was he was that good. Um, but to to that point, that that's what's so important about drafting for the scheme in which you intend to run. And what you typically would want to do in free agency is you want to bring in the veteran leadership that can then help um, build up a guy in behind them and who is willing to build up a guy behind them. And then you can start rotating those people through your team 
so that you end up with um, early round draft picks uh, fitting into key cogs in your team. Uh, and again, I, I'm I'm not without fault in the Denver Broncos here because uh, we've made equally, if not more so, mistakes than the, the Raiders have in this respect. Um, for example, uh, Leatherwood, uh, a tackle is a premium position in the NFL and a premium draft mm-hmm. pick in the NFL. And when you draft someone in a premium pick who is slated and meant for the offensive tackle position, you better well hit on that pick. Uh, Garrett Bowles has had uh, major struggles in the NFL level with regards to holding penalties, um, amongst other things. And um, I think we probably should not have re-signed him to a long-term contract because I think we could have reallocated that money uh, elsewhere. Leatherwood, again, bumping inside the guard. Good for him that he's working out, but you still drafted him so high in the NFL draft that you could get a reasonably good guard to fill in that position in rounds two and three, where you could have then drafted someone else in that top level position in the last draft, uh, perhaps even a better offensive tackle, as an example, in that in that draft, who could have uh, better filled that position instead. Actually, well, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, go I, ahead, Jack. Yes, I, please. Weatherwood was the Top ranked run blocking offensive lineman per a bunch of people. Okay. Which is what Cable wanted, which is what Gruden wanted as far as to bring the running game out there. So he was like, I want the best run blocker available. And it just so happened that maybe he fizzled at right tackle, but he was still the best run blocker of all the tackles, guard tackles that were in the draft. That were that was ranked that high. People had him as a two because they projected him to be a guard, but we projected him to play right tackle, and that still might come to fruition because if I'm not mistaken, Jonathan Ogden, his first year in in Baltimore, was kicked out to left tackle after a year at offensive guard where he, he got used to the speed of the game. So he, and we all know how good Jonathan Ogden was for the Ravens at left tackle, but he was, he was a guard his first year. So, and, and, and Angria said this as well, let him get the speed of the game together and let's see if he can, if he can go back next year or if not, Denzel Good is right there because you said that we might need to get that right tackle. If Denzel Good comes back from his from his uh, injury, we really don't necessarily need to draft that right tackle because we can flip-flop them or keep them at the spots where they should be. What we need is we need a left guard because Simpson ain't it. And don't get me started on, on Parker at right tackle. <laughs> I was going to touch on that. <laughs> Parker at right tackle. If, if Denzel Good doesn't come back, or if they want to get a good right tackle, then they can move Denzel Good to left guard and have Simpson be the the swing guard. Because if you think that Parker and and I, you know, the unfortunate thing is, is Lincoln Kennedy has all sorts of high praise about Brandon Parker, but I don't see it. If Lincoln sees it, I'll take his word for it because he is a stalwart right tackle. He's just not playing for crap. He's not. So I, 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 I there, there's my, there's my uh, soapbox. I'll get off it now. I, I had part two, of the problem uh, that the Raiders have had for a long time is that right tackle position. 
all we really do and all we've done for a long time, it doesn't seem to matter under whose tutelage, um, we install a turnstile and that's pretty much it. Um, so, and it, it really, it's gonna depend on what you need protection for. So right now we're not getting protection on the inside. The guards are necessary because if we have Aaron Donald style guys or guys who, who aren't Aaron Donald, but are looking like Aaron Donald against our center and our guards, that's not acceptable. Um, but Derek Carr has been able to get better about getting out of situations where previously he would lose the ball or just take a 10 yard loss. Um, this year is he looks different and he's been a better player in that respect. Um, he had a 22 yard run this last week. Did you guys notice that? That's yeah. like the longest run he's ever had in his career. And I was so excited. Um, but that's part of the issue that we've always had. And I think that's part, part and parcel due to who Derek Carr is and what his specific skill sets are. Um, the tackle position for us isn't going to be as crucial. And I hate to say that it's not going to be as crucial as the guard positions are. And we have left tackle cemented, so we don't have to worry about that. So really his biggest issue is I have to figure out only one, one place that I really, really need to make sure that I'm watching. And that's on his, not his blind side. So that's, that's good. Um, having Leatherwood in at guard makes that better. And it also gives us the opportunity to get Josh Jacobs further down the line. He's not where he should be right now. Hate me all you want. That's fine, but he's not. He was never a workhorse running back. He has been plugged in here to be the 100% go-to guy, which we haven't done him any favors on. We haven't given him the, the great blocking um, other than having a fantastic fullback. And we had a great fullback, but right now that's not a possibility. So we need lead blockers. We need somebody for him to follow. And um, his improvement has to come from being able to evade tackles right now it just it's kind of like he's singularly focused on running up the gut um he he doesn't do any running around you know around the line um and his he's not a great backfield receiver either so um i think all of those things and eh, he's not he's not he's our he's maybe our third best Okay, no, but what I'm saying is you say he's not a great receiver. Actually, and, and I, I wanted to, to clarify that, at Alabama, he was a very good outlet receiver, as was Kenyon Drake, who, and they both played at Alabama. And the fact is, is we're not utilizing him in that role, and it's kind of hard to go from, from zero to 60 on that outlet consistently if you're not utilizing him in that role. So, I mean, yeah, you put Kenyon Drake in that pass last week where uh where Jacobs dropped it. He would have been he would have had a, either a touchdown or he would have been deep inside the 20 had he caught yeah. the ball. Agreed. So, yeah. I mean, and I was like, okay, yeah, if Kenyon Drake's in there, but see that's the thing. When Kenyon Drake is in there, the defense automatically cues. Well, it's more of a pass option because Kenyon Drake it's is an RPO, in. RPO, yeah. Well, the problem I think we're having this year as well is that we're not playing double backs. There, that's there's really no reason for that. There is no reason we can't put in Drake and Jacobs and have just this monster. You know, those two together would be awesome. And then next year, throw in Alec. 
Ingold. And um, I would be scared if I was a run, you know, run defense at that moment, um, because there are a lot of options. If, if Jacobs gets the opportunity to um, do some receiving, then sure, maybe he'll get better at it. But right now he is not where he should be, period. I, I will disagree with you on that. I'm dying on that hill, Jack. Um, <laughs> but uh, between the two of them, um, there there's an opportunity that we are absolutely missing. Yeah, Drake is the better receiver of the two. I mm -hmm. I would yeah. give you that. Yeah. But to say that uh, that Jacobs is not adept at it is where I, I drew the line. He is adept at it. He's just not being used or utilized enough for that. So, right, so well, Jack, on, on, on the on the right tackle <laughs> on, on the right tackle position, um, my top right tackle outside of. Um, well, actually, my top right tackle period was uh, Telvin Jenkins, uh, who was uh, drafted by the Bears in round two. I wanted the Broncos to target him. My number two right tackle in the 2021 draft, uh, or 2020-2021 draft, whatever you want to call it, was um, Hilmerman, who I really liked, who the Broncos ended up getting actually as an undrafted free agent as a right at the right tackle position. Uh, he is a mountain of a man. Uh, he is just enormous. He, he's <laughs> and, bigger than you? Oh, he's huge. He's, 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 he's just absolutely just enormous. And, um, he, I mean, I'm only six, two and like two forty five, So I'm, I'm not that big compared to guys like that. Um, and uh, I mean, we I, like I, I our tackles like, to be six foot eight. That's what we like. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, you know, but, but really from, from an offensive tackle perspective, your most important piece is the arm length because you need to be able to keep the speed guys at bay and push them back off the ball. And then um, for the right tackle position in particular, because the the right tackle is a spot where most teams like to run the ball from as opposed to left tackle, which you're looking for blindside and you're wanting the speed for the outside linebacker traditionally, although this is kind of changing a little bit in the more modern NFL with the uh, two outside linebackers. Like a lot of teams are getting kind of two pass rushers from both sides, whereas traditionally you've only had the one. Um, is is uh, right tackle is a bit of a or tackles just in general are actually getting a little bit more unique in the fact that they have to both be speed and sound in the anchoring of their of their blocks, which is mm -hmm. um, which is something that Brandon Parker is not good at. He, so he's great. <laughs> right. he's, he can't do e he can't do either one of them equally as well. He right. sucks at both. Right, right. but, but, but yeah. typically, typically what you ended up with is a right tackle position was this really big anchor guy and didn't necessarily have to facilitate or or account for speed of the outside linebacker position because most teams didn't have two guys that could get around the edge. And then you had teams like the Denver Broncos actually for, for quite a number of years um, uh, until recently, although we're starting to get back to that point where you had two speed rushers that could jump around the outside where you ended up with like, you know, we had Dumerville and Von Miller and then we had Miller and Bradley Chubb. And then we had like, we, we, we've the, the Denver Broncos have typically done really well at the outside linebacker position from a uh, pass rush perspective. And what that's really done is caused a lot of issues for other teams, particularly in the FC West, which is why we've, the Denver Broncos have typically done really well there in terms of uh, within the division. And, and what you're seeing other teams around the NFL do really well is they've also tried to mimic almost in some respects that, uh, that general look and feel. And, and that's where you're seeing the, the right tackle position actually becoming more and more of a premium in the NFL 
uh, where it was typically deemed almost a throwaway, like, you know, for, mm-hmm. for the large part, it was like, Hey, can you run block? Great. Okay. So here's your five mil a year. And then the right, and then the left tackle gets like the 11 and 12 mil a year. Well, now you're seeing this real balance and parity on both the left and right side, right side of the tackle positions, just because so many teams are going for the, the dual outside linebacker threats to try and get around the outside. Although when you, the funny thing is the real teams, like the real good teams, like the, the real, real, real good teams are the ones that actually are moving now in the NFL level to get the interior pressure, not the outside linebacker pressure as much. And uh, you, you saw that model play out in the Super Bowl, and that's why the Tampa Bay did so well. Part, part of that um, is, um, what was I going to say? You know what? I totally what? lost my thought process. What? <laughs> Moving on. Um, Heidi, your thoughts? You've been awfully quiet over there. That's okay. My dog's been making noise, and so have the cats. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Matthew no, wants to talk about how a special team coach allows a 100-yard touchdown. You know, Matthew, um, the gentleman who ran that 100-yard touchdown had, what, like 42 of those At touchdown returns in Memphis? Yeah, so I don't feel too terrible about that. Um, and the he biggest won me problem, my fantasy game. Yeah, so that's good. <laughs> Biggest so, problem I have with that is that nobody on our team seems to know how to tackle. Um, and special teams is is really bad about that. Um, I am really still pissed off at Jonathan Abram. Every time he drops into coverage, I say a little prayer and cry a little bit. Um, so so I, I don't. I'd much rather see Abram in in there. Whenever I see thirty two, at Gallon Levitt. Thank you. I, I, I wasn't going to even say his name. I was I was being kind. I was just calling him out by number. When you see 32, a.k.a. Levitt, back at safety, and it's not a special teams play, it's real defense, I say a prayer. Like, oh, my <laughs> God. Don't, I would. don't throw it anywhere near Levitt because he's just he's going to whiff. I will say that Levitt has more of a nose for the ball than Abram, though. Well, actually, why why is it that they were saying that Abram leads the league in in, uh, uh, defensive back uh, stops? Tackles. Yeah, he does. Well, that's that's so so my my, I, I have two comments on what you guys have said so far. One, if you have a safety that leads defensive backfields in terms of tackles, that means you have a linebacker problem. That that's mm-hmm. true. Okay. So, oh, that's so just, that's so a, that's league wide though. He's got no, and, and that's fine and good. But but my, my yeah. comment still stands, and and I'm willing to go head to head with anyone that wants to step up on, on mm-hmm. that particular comment. If you have a defensive backfield player, particularly at the safety position, that leads that leads your team in tackles or has high number of tackles, you have an inside linebacker problem because typically those inside linebackers should be cleaning up that mess, and they should. Not, and your your defensive backfield, particularly at the safety position, is only ever brought forward to take care of those cleanup messes, if you will. Mm-hmm. If, if if you have an inside if, if you have an inside linebacker problem, mm-hmm. and trust me, as a Denver Broncos yeah. fan. I can attest that is exactly <laughs> why our safety has had problems. No, and I, I actually was just going to say our linebacker does lead the league in tackles, though. 
no, and and that's Perriman. Mm-hmm. That's that's one guy. But right. my, my point is 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 what's your other guy doing? And if no, if, you make an absolutely and, and perfect. You, and point. if you have a safety yeah. that's on let's say the right side who's mm-hmm. leading your team in tackles or coming close to leading your team in tackles, and then you have the other guy on the right side in the middle linebacker position who's maybe way down the list in your team in tackles, um, you know, as I say, that there's your problem. Um, and well, um, part of the thing with um, Abram is that he's a rover. He he is all over the field. So he's going to be in on a tackle if it's at all possible for him to do so. Um, problem is he doesn't wrap up tackles. So he hits people really hard, but, and sure as a safety, okay, fine. But as a safety, also part of your job is to be able to wrap up and stop a receiver. That's my biggest issue with him. So there. Right. And then go uh, off to your second your, point. <laughs> and back on your comment on special teams. Um, and again, this is another one of those things that I'm, I'm willing to basically you know, take the task. Anyone that wants to step up when I make this comment, um, special teams is a, a testament to your team's depth. Mm-hmm. Um, so as an example, if, if your team does not have good depth on the roster, both on the defensive and offensive side of the ball, because typically they mix that on special teams, depending on what you're playing and, and where you're playing, uh, that says a lot about your team's depth on the roster. So a lot of teams that have poor special teams, um, typically also have issues at depth at in, uh, inside linebacker, uh, the safety position and the cornerback position, because those typically end up being your uh, primary and large uh, special teams depth. Um, tight ends also seem to be a, another big um, special teams uh, group as well. And, uh, you know, you look at the Denver Broncos, for example, Eric Stobbert is one of our special team studs. He also is our leading blocker as a tight end uh, in terms of uh, one of the main guys in the run game. So it just speaks to the type of player that you have on your team and the type of depth that you have on your team. So if you typically um, see a major drop-off on your special teams, both in blocking and in tackling, that typically uh, says a lot about the depth that you have on your roster. Okay. I agree. And I agree. that's probably a great segue to say that we are at the 157 mark of this show. Which is which is a kind way of saying we're almost up at two hours, and that the again, and, and I only I don't even think uh, I I think there was one swear word, and if there was, I'll have to try to find it because I didn't write it. I never curse. It wasn't me. It yeah, wasn't well, me. Actually, you said a holes, but I'm gonna let that one go. I never um, cursed ever. Yeah, it, it was it was it was it was Little Miss who normally drops f bombs and she didn't. Hey, she I I. <laughs> I gave you credit. I gave you credit. Who did not do it? Uh, ladies and gentlemen and fans of the show, I, I want to thank you for this, for being here tonight. Um, I, I will say this. I do have two wheels uh, 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 at least identified. I don't have the people on the wheels yet. I don't have the people on the wheels yet, so I will need to do that tomorrow. But on Thursday, we will have two wheels for the treasure chest of prizes. And when Heidi gives me her address, I will, I, I, will, I will get it to you. Okay. When Heidi gives me her address, I will send her her keychain uh, uh, for the Raider. Uh, I showed it to you before, right? Yeah. Okay. It was mine, but it will, I'm going to give you a new one because it's really back there as well. But we will do two wheels and then the next time I have an opportunity to, we will do uh, the MVC, our most valuable crewman, because I'm behind on that as well. I'm sorry, folks. I've been busy. Okay. 
And uh, because the way the way that Southwest Airlines and American Airlines screwed me out of 32 hours of vacation time, now I, I'm I'm right at zero each time I take I take a day, and that's why I ha- I've had to come in early and actually go uh, to work on Friday and things like that. And I can't make it up on weekends. I don't want to go into it. So there's a lot of time that I don't have a chance to do this because I cannot get to an unclassified computer. So uh, bear with me, but we will do some wheels. I want to thank Richie Richie for coming in and talking. I want to thank, obviously, DC Wench Peggy. I want to thank, obviously, my my other wench. Well, they're not my wenches, but they're our wenches. Yes, we are. We're your wenches. <laughs> for, That's for the show is called here. Captain and His Wenches. Well, okay, but you don't belong to me. Okay. <laughs> there's no, there's made a blush. We're not concerned if you sound like a misogynist, Jack. It's okay. We're well, okay. actually, we're uh, okay with it. <laughs> it, it was funny because who was saying it was like, uh, oh, I was talking with Dee Dee and uh, Patty McGee. The way that I was saying about how I had to, I had to block for you, and if anybody wanted to come in and talk to you, you said, "There you go, you sound like a damn pimp for them again." I said, "I don't mean it to sound like that." That so, was yeah. our choice. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we totally yeah. went along with it. Right. I said, "I and Patty and Patty McGee, I, I and I was, I said, "I'm not their pimp." If anything. If anything, they're mine, or or I or, or they're the they're, they're the pimp babes for me because they run, they run the thing. And say, well, not the way you were talking about it, Cap. I said, whatever. But again, this is this show is as good as it is because of Peggy and Angria and Heidi, and I appreciate that, and we appreciate y'all being here. Thank you for being here, Richard Che. You're always welcome, and and uh, you're 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 a brand. And like I said, when they're saying, "Hey, I like this Bronco guy," lots of respect because he's knowledgeable and he's not an a hole. So that that's that's great respect from most of Raider Nation to you. And and I agree. I I've said it to you, and and Angry has said it to you uh, several times. We we appreciate the fact that you know your your stuff as well, folks. We're appreciate gonna it. we're gonna cut it. Thank you for joining me and the wenches tonight. Uh, come back on Thursday for the show on this channel. But remember, tomorrow, tomorrow on NFL Nation Live, let me see if I can put it up because I have it on the banner. Uh, there you go. I'm going to put it here. Uh, Ref Guru Violator and myself, Wednesday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific. Uh, there's the there's the, the thing there. Uh, it, just look for NFL Nation Live or – or take a screenshot of where, wherever that channel is. Find it on YouTube. We will be there talking about the Week 12 matchups along with what's going on in Week 13. We appreciate your you coming in. It's not on my channel. It's a really good show, and I, I appreciate the fact that I'm in there with Violator and Ref Guru. So, again, uh, that's tomorrow night. Thursday it'll be the You Don't Know Jack About Sports. And then Friday I will be in Vegas. So right. we'll, we'll, we'll be there again. And that I only have, I only have three more games all this year. It's this, this weekend at Indy and the last game against the Garglers to see, uh, you know, which might be, yeah, I, I love calling them that. Um, I, 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 maybe for the ASC West title. And again, and I appreciate Richie Richie. And I mean this Richie Richie. If you guys play us, on uh, Christmas, I call it the Christmas game. 
if you guys play us the way you played the Garglers the other day, and we played like we did the three games prior, you're going to win. It all depends upon which team comes out, though. So sure. the, yeah. big, the big question for the Broncos when we play the, the Raiders the next time is, is whether or not Shermer can put aside the fact that he likes to run 11 personnel um, 100% of the time and realize that the Denver Broncos are better suited for 12 personnel sets and 13 personnel sets. If we can do 12 personnel sets and 13 personnel sets, I'm, I'm not going to lie, uh, the, the Raiders have very little chance of beating us. Uh, they really do, and, and it's that's not meant to as a as a negative or a knock at all. It's just the fact that we no, have we have a hard amazing... enough time covering eleven people. That's okay. like like no, like we have, <laughs> we have amazing tight ends, and and when they block, they literally start throwing guys out the way. I mentioned a guy like Eric Saubert, for example, and our and, uh, captain. When I've been on your show in the past, uh, I've compared Saubert a little bit to uh, the Raiders Morneau a little bit. Um, Morneau is that well-rounded tight end that the Raiders have who can both block and catch. Saubert is very much like that, and so is Albert O. And we have two tight ends on our team that are like that, whereas the Raiders have one. Uh, you have another guy on your team who's who's okay but not great, but he's not nearly at the level of, of what our guys are. So I really think you guys are going to have a real challenging time if we actually get out of our own way and run again. To my previous comments earlier, Angria, uh, scheme matters, and having the right players play the it right does. scheme is, is, is literally <laughs> the most important thing uh, across the board. And uh, so if we can play to the scheme in terms of our players, then we will likely win the, uh, beat the Raiders. However, Schirmer can often not get out of his own way. He likes to play three wide receiver sets. And if we do that, we'll lose. And let's hope that Schirmer uh, plays three wide receiver sets. <laughs> and I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I know Angry is. I know Peggy is. And you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get you used to that there, Richie Richie. You, you say three wide receiver sets, three wide receiver sets. Yay! Say it with me now, three wide receiver sets. Three wide. Yeah. Three wide. Three wide. Three wide. That that's three actually wide. what KC likes to run too, right? Like KC likes to run the three wide sets, and that's that's their mm-hmm. general scheme as well. And um, they're having an issue with that right now, and they've they've started to have their wide receivers come back actually towards the light of scrimmage because their offensive line can't block and pass pro uh, long enough to allow Pat, Patrick Mahomes to throw deep downfield. Okay, well, well, we'll keep that thought. Again, thank you, folks, for being here. I thank my wenches. I thank the the bearded guy who's really cool, and we thank everybody hey, that's here. And and, again, and he has a uh, really cool beer glass, by the way. And and, and Peggy. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, oh yeah, uh, well, it's a boot. It's a no. It's a, it's All right, a boot. Anyway. It's a boot. Are right, you making fun of the fact that it's I'm a Canadian? boot? It's a boot. I was gonna say, are you making fact that <laughs> making fun of the fact that I'm Canadian? That that that's not very no. nice. He is. never. Yeah. What did I ever do to you? <laughs> never. You would we never thank say. you for coming on with us, Richie. You are always a fantastic guest, and we really enjoy talking to you. Appreciate right. it. Thank you very much. All right. Tomorrow night, NFL Nation Live, Thursday night on this channel. You don't know Jack about sports. We'll see everybody. Take care, and uh, we'll see you next time. Be well. Good night. Two Raiders. All right.